Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you believe that two entire preseason football games have happened and I have not sat here and given you my insight? What the elf is that? You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of What the Elf Was That. That's right. We've had two whole preseason games, and I got so occupied with this Johnny Manziel thing last week that we didn't even talk about the Hall of Fame game. We've had two entire preseason games. So today we're going to catch up on that. I'm going to give you some thoughts about the offense, the defense. Cade York, a.k.a. Cade Yikes, uh, out there kicking the ball. So, uh, you know, let's just jump in here two feet first and just examine what the elf is going on. So after two preseason games, we can come to the conclusion that in the Browns' offense, offensive tackle is a mess. And I mean, it's a mess. Have you watched James Hudson? This guy is lost. I mean, I'm not saying he's like struggling. I'm saying he's lost. Now, I'm going to explain to you why exactly he's lost. So the next time you pop on the TV and that guy James Hudson's out there, I want you to notice how far off the ball he lines up. So he's out there at left tackle, and his the rule in the NFL to be on the line of scrimmage is that your helmet has to be in line with the center's butt cheek. That's the rule in a nutshell. If your center, if your helmet is on the line with the center's butt cheek, you are on the line of scrimmage. If your helmet is behind the center's buttocks, you are off the line of scrimmage. James Hudson is lining up off the line of scrimmage. Now, why does this happen? Okay, as an offensive tackle particularly when it comes to pass blocking. This isn't happening on running plays. It's happening on pass plays. The offensive tackle has one job to do in, in, in the pass protection. Protect the quarterback. How do you do that? Well, the first rule is to create space. You want to create distance between you and the defender. So to do that, you get on the line of scrimmage. You kick step back to create space to make the defender run further. If you're struggling to create space, you just back up a little bit and back up a little bit and back up a little bit. But 
James Hudson takes this to a whole new level. Okay. He's so far back that he is literally causing penalties. Okay. Go back to the Hall of Fame game, and there were two uh, formation penalties, illegal formation penalties, where there are too many people on the line of scrimmage. And you're like, wow, it's a Hall of Fame game. This crap happens. And for an extent, that does happen. But James Hudson is lined up so far back that he's literally not on the line of scrimmage. Then the tight end who wants to do a, a shift, a change in position, he's going from the right side to the left side, looks at the line of scrimmage ahead of him, says, okay, I need to be one yard off the ball, lines up. Now, but because James Hudson's so far off the ball and the tight end is attempting to line up off the ball, where James Hudson is lined up is on the line of scrimmage. So the tight end, thinking he's off the line of scrimmage, is actually considered on the line of scrimmage given James Hudson's um, alignment. So the wide receiver comes across, right? Does one of those little jet motion things, all right? And let's say he stops and lines up and gets set. At that point, he's looking at the tight end saying, okay, the tight end's off the line of scrimmage. I'm going to be on the line of scrimmage and steps up. So now the referee, when the ball snapped, throws a flag. Well, why is the flag? Because Hudson's on, on the line, quote unquote, on the line of scrimmage, but in fact is off the line of scrimmage. The tight end thinks he's off the line of scrimmage, but because Hudson's so far back because he can't create space, he's actually considered on the line of scrimmage. Then the wide receiver is clearly on the line of scrimmage, and bam, you have too many people on the line of scrimmage, and you have a penalty. That happened twice in the Hall of Fame game. Twice. James Hudson lined up so far off the ball that he caused formation penalties. Now, that's how much of a mess he is. He knows that he cannot back up and create enough space to defend his quarterback, to block for his quarterback. So he's just backing up, backing up, backing up. And then when he does actually engage, defenders are coming off of him so fast that they still sack the quarterback. James Hudson's a mess. He's lost. He's completely lost. I can't see him making the team. In other related news, Jack Conklin apparently now is in concussion protocol after a joint practice with the Eagles. I don't want to talk about the Eagles yet because I'm hoping we'll have a special edition of this show where we talk about the Eagles pregame. That's that's in process. We'll see if we can get there. So with Jack Conklin in concussion protocol, and James Hudson's clearly just lost in left field. We really have to hope that Dewan Jones is ready to go here because yikes, if James Hudson has to go out there. Um, wow. Other news on the offense, Elijah Moore. I've been saying for a while that Elijah Moore is pretty much going to be the backup running back. And that's pretty much what we've seen this preseason. He wasn't in the Hall of Fame game, but against the commanders, he came out, was in the backfield playing that quote-unquote weapon uh, position where you can be a running back, wide receiver, wing back, anything you got to be, anything you got to do, catch quick passes from the quarterback, be the safety guy, be the deep guy. He was doing all that in the preseason. So Elijah Moore is back there at running back. He also got a rib injury in week two, but apparently he will be practicing today, which is Tuesday, um, August 15th in the Joint practices again with the Eagles, which got moved up from 5 p.m. to 1.45 p.m. to avoid bad weather. So, good news is Elijah Moore is back. And this brings me to my last part, and that is Cade York, which I'm going to start calling Cade 
yikes. I mean, what in the world? Actually, I can tell you what's going on with Cade, Cade yikes. But first of all, the dude's first name is my last name. So I'm hoping at some point this guy can turn it around because Cade yikes has got to do something, man. He's got to like keep my name from being like run through the mud. Although some would tell you I do enough of that myself, but you got to keep my name from being run through the mud. So Cade yikes has got to figure this crap out. So first of all, I'm not a fan of kickers. I've played with kickers and I'm going to tell you for God's honest truth. If you watch the movie replace the replacements, there's a kicker acts like a complete jerk. That's what kickers act like. Just go watch the movie, the replacements and watch that kicker. That is a pretty accurate description of what kickers are about. So I'm not a fan of kickers, but, but I know a good kicker can really be a game changer for you, which is why the, the Browns drafted Cade Yikes anyway, right? They, they're trying to get a guy who was super accurate from long distances and can make field goals. But what happened? Well, he got drafted to Cleveland and that's not the kiss of death. The kiss of death happens is when the first thing reporters ask him about is, how do you want to kick in the weather? How do you want to kick in the weather? How are you going to kick in the weather? And then you're going to get, you know, all these Browns fans like, let's get Phil Dawson to talk to Cade Yikes and see if we can get him figured out. And then Phil Dawson comes in and starts talking about, this is how you kick in the weather. This is how you kick in the weather. And all Cade Yikes can think about is, how do I kick in the weather? How do I kick in the weather? So we, God bless us, our media fans, Phil Dawson, Anybody else associated with the Cleveland kicking game has gotten into this dude's head about kicking in the weather. And he'll tell it to you in press conferences. Last year, I was so worried about kicking in the weather. I can find you a reference if you guys want. That the, the weather's in the dude's head. It's just in his head. Now that we've like, as obsessive Browns fans, have like pounded Cleveland weather into his head, we have screwed this kid up. Cade York is now Cade Yikes. And I hope he can turn it around. If not, because he's going to be a damn good kicker for some other team. It just won't be Cleveland because he's too freaked out about kicking in the weather. All right, Cade York, you got to figure this thing out, man. No more Cade yikes. It's got to be Cade York. Either way, we got to do something with this Cade thing. Make it good. Make it good. All right, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the good stuff that's going on here at the Fanatical Elves Sports Network. We've got the Johnny Cleveland podcast, the Dog Pound South podcast, the Browns Blitz podcast. And you guys know I do a podcast with my man, Elliot Kennel, on football philosophy and rocket science. And we sit around and talk the crap about that. We're going to rebrand our podcast so that we can be more SEO friendly. And if you guys find that offensive, then I'm sorry. But we got to be SEO friendly. Football philosophy and rocket science apparently doesn't come up on searches, so we've got to change that name. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm hoping that Elliot and I can get a, uh, a Eagles preview this week. So stick around for that stuff. All right, let's talk about the defense. I have been harping for the last, oh, since, since uh, <clears throat> Schwartz was hired, that the difference between a single gap and a double gap defense will be very noticeable as soon as it happens. And if you've been paying attention, you will have noticed something completely different about the Browns defense. No longer are people running upfield into the background while the running back runs right past them and offer a huge game. Now you see the defensive linemen swarming to the ball, like a collective group of people, 11 people reading their keys, running to the ball and making a tackle. Has it been perfect? No, it has not been perfect. But is it better? Yes. 
a double gap defense that, that Schwartz has got going on here. Players are flying to the ball. So that's, that's a good thing for us. And it's a completely different look than what we've seen the last two or three years where defensive linemen are running up field with reckless abandon, having no idea what's going to happen. I'm just going to run through the B gap and I'm going to put my testicles in the C gap and run up field. And that's a, that's a Greg Williams reference, by the way, going to run up field. And then we're going to figure out what happens. And if the guy just runs past me, he runs past me. I don't understand single gap defenses. They can be useful. If you're under control, the Browns were not under control and the Browns were crazy. So let's, now that we're on to a good, in my opinion, defensive scheme in terms of defensive line play. And we're starting to see the fruits of that bear out. Who has been good in these games and who hasn't? I mean, I've watched these games. I'm going to tell you something. Tommy Togiai looks like he's at home. I mean, yeah, he's doing it against third stringers, but don't count this guy out. I'm ready to cut Tommy Togiai before the first game. Like, this guy's not going to make it. But Tommy Togiai is pretty much balled out this this, uh, preseason. I think he's, I can think of two or three plays off the top of my head where he fired in, read his key, made a play, got in the backfield, was attacking, and has actually done pretty good. Now, I'm still concerned for the guy because he has shorter arms, but he is really strong and he does a pretty good job of benching players off of him and getting off of, off of players, uh, getting off of uh, offensive linemen. So he's playing the position very technically sound and is playing very well. Now, the question is can he do that against the starters? At some point, you're going to have to throw him out there and do it because he has proven he can do it against the backups. So at some point, you're going to have to throw him out there against some one some ones out there and see what he can do. Uh, I've been impressed with JOK. Jeremiah Wusukormar, you probably expected this with the Notre Dame thing, but yeah, you listen to my podcast, so deal with it. All right, JOK, Jeremiah Wusukormar, he's playing smarter, he's playing better and he's staying healthy it's amazing once you have defensive linemen that can actually protect linebackers how linebackers can run free make hits make plays and stay out of the uh, ir so i expect i expect to see jok have a pretty good season if he can avoid some injuries but he's looking pretty good like him being able to run free that guy can go from sideline to sideline and he can pretty much find anybody and take anybody down so i'm pretty excited for him other news on defense. Why? What the elf is going on with Jordan Elliott? Why is everyone ready to cut Jordan Elliott? So the Browns go out and sign Shelby Harris. Great. I appreciate it. It's tremendous, right? You've got a good player that can double gap that's actually been disruptive up front. Will be a great addition. I mean, I kind of feel for any offensive line that has to take on Miles Garrett, Darius Smith, Shelby Harris, um, Dalvin Tomlinson, I mean, that that's that's not going to be a fun day for an offensive line. And I, I appreciate it as a Cleveland Browns fan. Let's go cause some havoc, right? But why does everybody just assume that as soon as you, as soon as you sign Shelby Smith, you're, you're cutting Jordan Elliott? I think that Jordan Elliott's the big winner. Jordan Elliott, by the way, is listed as the first team starting uh, right defensive tackle. Still, even though I think that's just because Shelby Harris probably isn't ready to play yet. But even then, I think Jordan Elliott's going to be the number two. Jordan Elliott came out of Missouri, out of a double scap scheme defense. And Missouri, by the way, has one of the best defenses in college football every year, year in and year out. And the Browns picked up in the draft. Um, I can't name's looting me, but defensive end out of 
Missouri to play defensive end. You know, we get these people looking at double gap schemes, then we put them in a single gap scheme and we wonder why they suck. Well, because they don't, they're not intended to play that stuff, right? Let's let them do what they're supposed to do. Jordan Elliott has looked good this some this uh, preseason. He's actually looked good. On the other hand, the defensive backs still seem to be confused as crap, and people are running around wide open. There's a a shot of the last game of Schwartz walking off the sideline, just clearly cussing at somebody in the booth over what's going on with these DBs because they're still giving up big plays. First team, second team, they're not bad, but they look confused. And so when you get confused, that's when gaps and coverage just happen. That's where you have free runners. But when they're on task, they look good. So I'm going to grade the Browns defense looking pretty good. I'm going to give them a B so far. I'm giving the offense a B so far. It's a work in progress. We've only seen vanilla stuff. But I'm really, really happy with the state of the defense right now. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be right up to Jordan Elliott as a starter. And somebody's going to have to take him out. And and I know Tommy Togiai is trying, but Jordan Elliott's doing it against ones. And Togiai is doing it against threes. So, I don't know. At this point, I do want to come back after the break. And we want to talk some Ravens. Some Ravens hate. Some pure Ravens hate coming out. Because I watched that Ravens preseason game. And oh, the hate is good. All right, people, hang on for after the break. All right, everybody, visit our sponsors. Make us some money because God knows I need money. Don't we all? Don't we all need money? Don't we all? (laughs) All right, because the Browns are playing the Eagles this weekend in a couple days here on Thursday night, I decided to go back and watch the Eagles preseason game. And it just so happened that the Eagles played the Ravens. And it just so happened that I watched a Ravens team that looked lost. Everybody's going to say, oh, they won the game. Yay. Yay. The Ravens have this idiotic streak of like a 25, 26 preseason games they've won in a row. Who gives a crap? First of all, who cares? The Browns were 4-0 and then went 0-16. So who cares? Who cares what your preseason record is? Hooray for you. You get the preseason Hall of Fame trophy and the preseason. Oh, you can't take that away from John Kelly because John Kelly is the preseason Hall of Fame running back. But you're going to go out there and tell me the Ravens win preseason games and it's important. So I I watched the Eagles game. And as a part of that, I just couldn't take my eyes off the train wreck that is the Ravens right now. Now they had Josh Johnson, who's their backup quarterback out there, which by the way, how does your Pro Bowl quarterback become the third quarterback on your team? Or the better question is, how does the third string quarterback on your team make the Pro Bowl? Now, tell me the Pro Bowl ain't a bunch of rigged crap. Talking about Tyler Huntley. I think it's his name, Tyler. Huntley, that garbage guy, somehow made the Pro Bowl. Explain. Actually, I can't explain it, but it's idiotic. But come on, man. You got a Pro Bowl quarterback that's third string. So anyway, they got Josh Johnson out there. He's older than dirt. And they're running the Todd Monken, you know, offense at this point. The announcers are on there, and I'm watching the condensed game on NFL Plus. And the announcers are just gushing over Todd Monken. Todd Monken. By the way, these are the same people that Todd Monken was crap in Tampa Bay. Todd Monken was crap in Cleveland. He goes to the Georgia Bulldogs, 
and runs his crap offense at Georgia and wins a national championship with another quarterback that was older than dirt. In fact, I think the Georgia quarterback was as old as Josh Johnson is right now. That's actually worth looking up. Now, the Ravens came out and played their offense, and I know it's a simplified form of the offense, but the Eagles just owned this team. Their running game was as simple as it could get. They ran zone left and zone right. Now you're saying, hey, it's the preseason. But just go back and watch Todd Monken's offense. That's what they do. They run outside zone left and outside zone right. And then they might run a play action left and throw a pass or a play action zone right and throw a pass. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, they're running this crap offense and now they're going to throw the ball. So they start throwing the ball downfield, which is what they do. And the Eagles are all over this crap. The Ravens can't even move the ball, right? They just can't. And the only reason they score a touchdown, they, they had 10 points and a half. They were losing a half and they only had 10 points, but how'd they get through 10 points? Zone left. The Eagles stuffed it. The running back popped it out, ran around the end, who lost his backside contain, runs the ball for like 60 yards. Then the next play, Josh Johnson throws a pass to Zay Flowers, who actually looked pretty good in the preseason game. Got a questionable holding call. Isn't that the theme of the Eagles' life right now? Questionable holding calls in the red zone. Puts the ball inside the five. They throw a quick five-yard out and get a touchdown, seven points. The offense didn't get those points. The Eagles gave them those points by failure to secure the backside of a run and a cheap holding call. Then their other points came from a 60-yard field goal from Justin Tucker. I mean, come on, Cade, yikes. Check that Justin Tucker crap out. We need you to kick like that. All right, now, man, you got me on freaking kickers again. So that's how they score their points. They look like garbage. Now, the defense looks pretty good. They they look like they always do. They they blitz. They confuse. They're running high-end confusing blitzes in preseason, which is why they win all the preseason games. They're not out there, like, running vanilla stuff. You know, trying to like get the basics down. They're out there trying to win a football game when everybody else is just trying to run generic stuff. We should tell you about their offense. They ran their offense to win the game, and they're running a completely, completely banal, crappy offense, which is what Todd Monken runs. And that, and they just got it's just got destroyed by the Eagles. All right, so either the Eagles' defense is that good, which it could be. Well, the Ravens are, are not going to be a good offensive team, but they've betrayed their their the who they were. They had Lamar Jackson. They ran an offense that nobody else ran, okay? And when you run an offense that nobody else ran runs, that means every team only sees you once every four years. The NFC only sees you once every four years, right? The AFC will see you once every two or three years, depending on where you are in the standings and all that. So it had the beauty of being the the oddball offense that everybody had to spend a whole bunch of time working on. But now you've got this air raid thing from Todd Monken, right? That everybody in the league knows how to stop an outside zone. If you don't put something else in there besides an outside zone, you're screwed, period. They've lost that we're the oddball team. Now they're doing what everybody else is doing. And not only that, people have seen the air raid offense and they know how to defend it. Plus, we all know if you're watching the Johnny Manziel Untold 
or if you paid attention to the Kyler Murray situation out there in Arizona, that you can play quarterback in that air raid offense and not study your playbook and be pretty much successful at it. Just ask Johnny Manziel in college and just ask Kyler Murray. So you can go out there, not study, not watch your film, and actually be successful with an air raid offense. So it can't be that complex. And hint, it's not that complex. So here comes the Ravens with their new oddball offense that is not real oddball, and now you're about to get exposed. And it started on week one. But they won the game. They won the game. And, you know, their little idiotic streak can continue because we're out here kicking 60-yard field goals in week one of the preseason because that's important. I wonder if Justin Tucker has the longest field goal in preseason. That would be a stupid stat to have. But here's the Ravens, right? I'm ready to say I told you so, but we do know that week one, they got their, uh, they got the uh, week one warm-up game against the Houston Texans, who looked bad, as you would expect. You got, if you go back and watch their preseason game, they didn't look good. Their quarterback didn't look good. He's a rookie. You guys know who I'm talking about. So they're going to get a rookie week one. They're going to confuse the crap out of them on defense. And that, that offense is going to limp along. It might generate some points because, well, Houston is bad and have their warm up week, week one victory. And they're going to look like they're the greatest things that ever come out. But then the league will catch up to them. I promise you it's, this is the year. All right, everybody. I don't have any Borg news this week. I think they've effectively hid and found a way to, get inside their little board cubes and get inside those spherical things and fly all over the place and create uh, uh, corn patterns and crap out in London. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up on the internet, look up the, uh, the cubes and the spheres and how they're flying all around messing with our jet pilots and fighter planes and, and how they're making uh, crop circles and crap. So check that stuff out, but they're hiding the Borger in hiding. We're expecting something stupid to come out soon. So again, I would just encourage all of you to check out all of our podcasts on the Fanatical Love Sports po- Sports Network, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Elliot and I will be on probably tomorrow with another edition of Football Philosophy or Rocket Science, or will it be our new brand? Depends on how lazy I am before tomorrow. All right, got the Eagles this Thursday. Got to be a good game on Thursday, so check that out, and I'll have more opinions for you coming at that time. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 